hello everybody, my name is Alana. And I'm Lady. And this is Spookery. So, as we remember from last week, my topic that was chosen for me was originally called arson. Um, however, to make things a little bit more interesting, and of course, a little bit more spooky, we have agreed to broaden that category to spooky fire, to give us a little more opportunities to discover mysterious and odd uh, fire-related cases, topics, and things like that. So yes. I am really excited that we did that because, boy oh boy, it sent me down a pretty interesting rabbit hole of things I was really not expecting, so I'm really excited to share them with you guys. I know, I told you that we, we could broaden it because arson kind of, you it kind of gives away what the ending's gonna be. It um, does. So when, when, I, when I told you we should expand it, I remember I was like, oh, maybe she'll keep the one that we, we talked about before. And then you're like, I went down a rabbit hole, and I'm like, oh, probably not the one that before. Then nope. <laughs> we're nope, in territory nope, nope. I do not know. So I'm so excited because I literally have no idea what we're getting into, other than there is a fire at some point. That is correct, actually. And um, today is, is a little interesting because not only are you getting a story about a fire, you're actually getting three stories about three separate fires. Whoa. Um, so, yeah, Whoa. three a three for one in this economy. Can you believe it? What a deal. That, that's too many fires. I don't know where to put them all. Uh, it's a lot of fires, okay? So get ready. Got to get a shelf ready or something. I don't know where you'll keep your fires. But I know. Get... I mean, like, jeez. Damn. <laughs> but I, it's going to be good. I'm loving this overachiever energy. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, well, the one story, honestly, was just not, like... I, I mean, maybe it would have been enough by itself. They're, they're good stories all on their own. But I just think, together, um, they... They're just really good. They're, the stories themselves are not actually linked to one another. Um, but Ooh. like I said, during my research of one story, I stumbled upon one after another after another. And I just, I kind of couldn't believe like some of the similarities in them. And so I figured they would kind of be worth mentioning altogether in the same episode. So like I said, three for the price of one today. Pretty good. I, I love it. I'm so excited. I don't know what we're getting into. I, I'm ready to be spooked up. I've got my blanket. Like I'm tucked in. I'm pretending that I don't live in Florida. I'm like <laughs> full hoodie, cup of tea, under a blanket. I, if I had a fireplace it would be going i'm like i'm ready well things are about to get hot ma'am so you might need to ditch the blanket no <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna tell you what to do you're, you're pretty authoritative i, I yeah, i'm old respect your eldest <laughs> <laughs> i will all right okay so like i said well each of these three different stories they definitely stand on their own um they do have one major thing in common with each other the origin of all of the fires is still broadly considered to be a mystery still to this day. So I, I am pretty excited. There are a few that, like I said, have kind of been solved, but the, the ending isn't really that satisfactory. So if you if you look around, if you research the case, a lot of people are still kind of like, hey, no, I these are up in the air. This could be a lot of different things. Um, so I'll, I, we'll go over all the different, you know, uh, theories and suggestions and things like that, and we will let you come to your own conclusion. Um, but it's the like you choose your own adventure. It is. Yeah, it is a choose-your-own-adventure for today. So the theories that we are going to discuss are going to include things such as arson, gas leaks, and, of course, my personal favorite, pyrokinetic poltergeist. What? You heard that right. Pyrokinetic poltergeist. Pyrokinetic... Are we talking about, like, fucking fire wizards who are ghosts? You know, it's just some angry ghosts that, you know, like to light things on fire because they're just, I don't even want to say they're angry. That just is their maybe preferred method of communication. You know, uh, uh, their love language is fire. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love language is fire. That's a new one. I'm gonna add that. We gotta contact that lady that wrote that book. Got a new one, lady. But you never heard of this one. Oh my gosh. So yeah. No, I love it. Their love language is fire. We're gonna learn a lot about these ghosts today. Okay. Um, I'll I'll hold my uh, questions till the middle. Until <laughs> the middle. Yeah, I'm not waiting till the end. <laughs> that's a that's a good point. Um, no, but the the stories today do focus more on the the fires themselves and not so much like the the ghosts per se. But I just think like the cause of them is broadly is debated and it could be linked to some poltergeist. So we'll see. We'll see. Ooh, I love it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Okay, so our first incident uh, brings us to the Hackler family home, and uh, I just want to do a little disclaimer with this first story, just because the exact times, because this happened so long ago, the exact times of the events throughout the day seem to be a little bit debated or just kind of vary from source to source, so I did my best to piece together the story with the information that was presented, but if I do happen to make a mistake or I list something out of order, please let me know in the comments below, um, and I mean, that goes for any of the stories. They Not that they're some of them are super old, but if I had, end up making a mistake, please let me know. It definitely could happen. Yeah, tell us nicely at our Gmail, please. Yes. <laughs> All right, yes. so. Don't yell at us. <laughs> the, uh, the first case, like I said, brings us to the Hackler family home. The, this home was a large two-story house on top of a hill surrounded with large pine trees and was just about 100 yards off a main road four miles northwest of Odin, Indiana. So the two-story frame house was built just after the Civil War by an early Davies County settler, um, who we will come back to later. We'll talk about him a little bit more later on. Good, because I, I need to know. You do need to know, like you said. I, I remember <laughs> you like the context. I'm not giving you context all up front. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the Hackler family, and then we'll kind of go in reverse. Um, You're teasing me. I am. Context. I'm teasing you with the context. I'm just giving you a little Man. bit of it. So the house, like I said, early Davies County. Just, just make a little mental note of it, and we'll come back. All right, I've noted. Um, and so the Hackler family living in this lovely house, and up until this fateful day, the Hackler family had no problems. They lived in this house for a decade, no problems. Um, but on the morning of Friday, June 21st, it was an unusually warm morning. Um, around 8 a.m., William Hackler started his day like any other. He headed out to do his chores and run his errands around town in his truck. Uh, he got back into Odon around 9 a.m. and was alerted that a fire truck has gone to his house earlier that morning, but everything was okay now. As we will later find out, everything was not okay. Um, but not- just, <laughs> so he got a call from the fire department. They were like, "Hey, just so you know, your house <clears throat> caught fl- a fire, but it's fine now. It's good. You got nothing to worry about, man. It's it, it's <laughs> the firemen were there, but you got nothing to worry about." So hearing that, I feel like I would still be worried. <laughs> yeah, no, this guy wasn't, and so naturally he just decided to finish the rest of his route before heading home. Okay, right? sure. <laughs> yeah. Go- gone for another like uh, I think an hour or so before he finally heads back home. Um, okay, but anyway, Checks back out. back at the Hackler residence with the rest of the family, there was. William's wife, Minnie, and their five children. They had uh, William Jr., Dorothy, Garland, Dale, and Virginia. Virginia. Uh, just after William had taken off earlier that morning, someone reported smelling smoke. So the family fanned out throughout the house in search of the source. The oldest daughter, Dorothy, was the one who actually discovered a strip of wallpaper beneath a window in an unoccupied uh, bedroom upstairs, and there was a little fire going right beneath it. They reported that these flames seemed to be coming from inside the wall. So even though the wallpaper itself was on fire, they, the way that the flames were coming out, it seemed like it was actually happening from like beneath like the wood and beneath the wall. Um, so the family quickly called the Odon Fire Department. 
after putting out like oh no god no, I'm just I'm thinking it's like most people when they claim that they've got something behind the wall it's like rats or something and you imagine you're like mom dad there's something behind the wall and they're like oh the rats are in again no it's a no, fire it's a, this it's time. a fire actually <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's 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 hot <laughs> yeah it was it was not a good time so I don't yeah know what I would prefer they uh the five kids freaking out mom there's a fire and uh they called the fire department so this is presumably the call that Mr. Hackler was you know told about but the fire department came down <clears throat> and after putting out the fires, uh, the fire department looked for possible causes, of course. So at first they suspected a like defective chimney. So just kind of one problem with that. There was no chimney even close to that wall. Um, okay. So, and it, like we said before, it was an unusually hot like summer. So many didn't even have a fire going on in the stove. Uh, and so just to be certain, they tore down the plaster from the wall, but there was no chimney behind it. And even more strange, there was no fire damage to the wall at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the firefighters, scratching their heads, just kind of headed back to Odon, just going, you know, I guess the fire's out. We don't know what caused it, but at least it's out. It's not our problem yeah. anymore. Yeah, I'd be fair. <laughs> These firefighters know what's up. They're like, I can sense something spook is coming. I'm not, I'm not getting involved. Yeah, exactly. So they're just, uh, they're kind of just like, whatever, screw it. They just hit it back. Their job was done. So, fair. but unfortunately, no sooner had the firefighters actually returned to Odon that they were called again. When this time, Minnie had discovered another fire smoldering inside a mattress in another bedroom. So, while the fire department worked to extinguish that fire, all hell broke loose. Oh, fires began popping up everywhere. Most of the fires were pretty small, but appeared to be spontaneous. A pair of William's coveralls hanging behind a door went up in flames. A small fire occurred inside a desk where some papers caught on fire. A firefighter noticed smoke pouring from between the covers of a book, and upon opening it, found the book's interior just completely engulfed in flames. So just like the weirdest fire like they're they're putting out a fire in one bedroom and in the other room they're like hey i got another one and they just come running in and they're like hey oh my gosh like fires just everywhere wow okay what year did you say this was again this was 1940 okay yeah so the, the roaring 40s quite literally uh, quite literally yeah <laughs> uh so yeah wow okay as they were uh, dealing with a lot of the small fires, another bigger fire had broken out on the opposite side of the house from the first. Um, That's so, just rude. <laughs> right? They're, they're dealing with all these things, and all the way in the other corner, another fire breaks out. Big one. Um, if I was a fire, that would be how I'd behave, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> the, the troublesome fire, not the, not the easy I one. I would be. I'd be like, wow, I've gotten those fools all the way to the east side of the house. Now I'm going to go over to the west side of the house and really throw my toys out of the cart. They'll never see it coming. That sounds like you. <laughs> Um, so similarly to the first one, this one too seemed to be coming from inside the wall. So again, the firefighters tore down the wall to the studs, but found no evidence of how a fire would have even started or spread. The fire had simply just started, just like the other one had. So all in all, a total of nine fires were extinguished just that morning. This was all before oh. William even got home. Okay. Uh, so things were not fine. Things were definitely not, not fine. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Later on, like I said, he gets home and it's it's just nuts. And there's actually a quote from him. From that time on, all day Friday, it was just one fire after another, Hackler said. The terrified members of the Hackler family, along with the aid of the Odon Fire Department, struggled to keep up with the fires. Word of these mysterious fires spread quickly throughout the small town. This is all on the same day. And the neighbors and townsfolk stopped by to help, but mostly just to witness the bizarre events. People were like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm here to help. I heard you got some fires going on. But then they kind of just like stood around and watched things kind of catch on fire. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, this is, I mean, things never change. They're like, hey, I'm just here to help. But then they've all got their cell phones out. Like, I'm just, 
evidence, you know, just in case. Yeah, you you keep doing. Don't stand in front of the camera. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a uh, quite a bit, like you said, just just going on. So a lot of people stopped by. Um, specifically, right. even while well, two women from Odon were visiting, a pair of curtains behind them suddenly burst into flames. They're just wow. standing in the living room talking with the police or talking with the fire department about you know all these crazy fires that are going on, and literally right behind them curtains just burst into flames as they're standing there dealing with that another uh, another one just right across the room burst into flames as well wow and strangely enough again the window shades beneath the curtain were not burned at all you know at least the fire knows not like property damage is a serious issue it's only getting rid of the ugly furniture <laughs> it is it's picking it's very very specific it's picking things to just like you know those coveralls out of style this book not today like yeah. it's just yeah. out of print <laughs> <laughs> nope these there's curtains. a new version you can pick up from Barnes and nobles oh my gosh <laughs> yeah we got a sassy ghost picking like you said what uh, what pieces of the hacker's furniture like they're just you know calling the shots here today like, Alana, I think I've solved it. It's a ghost of an interior designer who also just happens to be a fire breather. We've got it. We I've got solved it. it. That's what it is. You can only do so much, you know? Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh my God. Everyone knows that the classy look is what's, what's up. Right. Oh my goodness. So yeah, fires continued all over the house. Um, in another bedroom, a paper divider that had been placed between the springs of a mattress broke out into flames, completely destroying the mattress. The whole bedspread just blazed and was reduced to ashes within seconds while neighbors just standing in the same room just stared in horrified amazement. Like I said, they were just not helping. They just stood there and watched these these possessions just get completely obliterated into ash. They're just, they're just standing in the room like, wow, that's a real problem. Literally. You got a, you got a serious fire problem there, sir. Just unbelievable. I know. I mean... I'm going to be honest, though, I would probably be the same. I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> wow, that's great. So, yeah, all in all, a hundred volunteer firefighters from Odon and the next town over of El Nora, they extinguished a total of 28 fires that Friday. Mm. That just popped up. A, I feel like that's a new record. I, I, uh, probably for the time. It was. It was It was noted. Mm. It made headlines it's like all over. The firefighters game. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how many fires did you fight today? Oh, you know, got to about four. Well, I got 28. Well, okay, Mr. All in one house. All in one. All in one house. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everybody hates that guy. Oh, my God. Fucking Steve. Freaking Steve the firefighter. Steve from the Odon Fire Department. <laughs> no, I'm, like, scrolling through to actually see what the fire... Because <laughs> I think I talk about, <laughs> like, a fire, fire marshal at one of the cases. I'm like, was he Steve? <laughs> was he a Steve? I, I almost said Fred, and I'm like, I think Fred is one of them at one point. Oh no! Oh gosh! Uh, I okay. forgot the name of my dog, and I feel like he would have been the best boy, the bestest of boys. He would have fighting all those fires. <laughs> all right. Um, so, like, like I said, lots of lots of people there to see these things. So, lots of lots of quotes ended up coming about. If I had not been in the house at the time and seen it with my own eyes, I would not have believed it. One of those unnamed neighbors commented to a reporter. Another neighbor was a little bit more cynical. The devil is in that house. I could only imagine him waving his finger as he said that from right outside the house. Didn't want to go in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mr. Hackler himself even said, I don't believe in spooks. So the only thing I was afraid of that night was a fire breaking out that way. So Mr. Hackler himself was a little bit of a skeptic, but was definitely afraid of the fires they definitely witnessed like i said 28 fires that day and were more than aware of the fire's power and uh what it could do yeah 
I mean, I would be shaken up. I'm like, as a skeptic myself, I would be pretty shaken up if there were 28 fires in my house and only minimal property damage. Yeah. Very, very interesting, especially having, like you said, the fire department there scratching their heads, kind of just telling you, I don't know what to tell you. We don't know how to stop this. This is just it's happening. You just got to you just got to deal with it. Just keep putting out the fires. What do I feel? Like, that's not really reassuring. No, I feel like the fire department did more damage than the fires because they're like ripping up the walls right to go check it's like ah the studs okay and they're like ripping full walls out you were like uh and they really were at this point they had you know two different complete walls ripped down to the studs just to make sure that there wasn't a fire uh, a chimney behind it wow thanks fire department yeah and uh yeah all sorts of stuff just on fire in ash they just trying to keep up with it the best they can which Man. wasn't wasn't well no but they're doing the best they can. They're doing good with what they got. Yeah. So, truly, though, the entire Hackler family was quite shaken, and Virginia Hackler, their 10-year-old daughter, was especially frightened. Not knowing what else the family might be faced with, the family took whatever remaining undamaged items they could and slept in the front yard that night. They just packed it all in and said, let's get, let's get out of here. Fair, especially as mattresses have gone up in fire. I'd be like, let's not sleep here. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we're, we're fine 10 feet you know, just west of that, we're just gonna sleep right on the frame lawn. It's totally fine. Yeah. So, uh, like the lawn hasn't caught fire. Yeah. So, though I'm sure sleep did not come easy on the front yard, though, no more fires did break out that night. Uh, over the next week, uh, hundreds of people visited the hacker home, going away completely mystified about the actual cause of the fire. Everything else around them was left relatively unharmed, um, and again, no new fire started, but a constant stream of curious, bewildered people visited the home, and they offered a myriad of explanations of what may have caused them. Uh, some suggested faulty wiring, um, but as like most rural Indiana farmhouses at the time, they were never even wired for electricity, so kind of ruled that out pretty quickly. Um, with no overhead power lines within miles, one person suggested that lightning rods somehow became charged, heating up the nails in the structure of the home and causing fires, like, kind of just bursting in the middle of the house somehow. What? <laughs> I want to know who suggested that. I want to I look the, that guy in the eye and be like, can you say that theory? You think that the lightning rods got charged and heated up the specific individual nails of the house. You know, this was 1940. This is, this is what's happening, okay? They're just coming up with all sorts of things. Have you ever seen anything like that? Have you ever seen fires just popping up out of nowhere? Uh, I have, but I also went to firefighting school, so that, no, that was well, kind of you know par for the course. Please, please <laughs> cut this out then. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. That was my dumb question. Okay. Um... um so yeah, uh, we have some theories. Uh, some speculated that the unused well on the property was releasing gas that ignited sections of the house. Okay. Um, you know, which makes sense. Don't ask science. Uh, um, gas wells. Very, <laughs> very science. Yeah, very, very science. Um, and some accused the children of playing pranks. Some that, even that whispered... Was... Sorry, that was definitely my theory. I was like, the, these. I'm feeling like the children... I think that this is really funny, and they're just running around the house because there's five of them. There's five kids. Like, well, ma'am, you're not the only one that agreed with that. A lot of people thought it was the children, um, and as you'll see, that's a reoccurring theme throughout all of these cases. Is everyone blames the children? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> children. There's fire. They're. It's pretty. They're seeing these these people going. That's crazy. I don't know what happened. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Where are the children? <laughs> Where are the children? Well for a lot of these things like there's a lot of people so i mean i understand there's five children but they're on you know certain days there's like a hundred people standing around this house 
looking at these fires being started. I feel like someone would have noticed a child. They're too busy looking at the mattress on fire going, whoa, that's crazy. Maybe. Maybe. But but anyway. I'm sus of those kids. But they were they were pretty sussy. I mean, the Hackler children, they they were all right. <laughs> they were all right. <laughs> they were cool. I don't have much information on them, but I can imagine they were cool. They did their chores. <laughs> they're actually the only children, I think, that I have, like, all of their names. Like, so oh. they're, they're all right. There we go. Um, but, yeah, besides the, the children playing pranks, some people even whispered that the house was haunted, while others went even further, claiming that it was cursed. Oh. Um, so I think the reason that so many were drawn to this cursed conclusion is due to the history of the house itself. So now we can go back to our lovely Davies County settler who built the house. See, I told, right. you, I told you we'd come back to him. Let's do it. So this this early Davies County settler, his name was Marshall, Marshall Ketchum, a native of Tennessee who moved to the area in 1840s. So this house is pretty old. Did he have to catch them all? He had to catch them all. He, that's... Uh, I knew that joke was coming. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, the poor Ketchum family, sometime in the 1880s, disaster struck, and five members of the Ketchum family died oh. in the house uh, from what was known at the time as burning fever. <gasps> so, most likely typhus, I think is how you say it. Yeah, uh, typhus. I, typhus? Typhus. Typhoid? Typhoid, okay. Well, no. it, sounds, it sounds pretty bad. It's not good. Um, symptoms include a purple rash, headaches, fever, and usually delirium. Okay. And as we can tell from the Ketchum family, a lot of people that got this ended up dying. It was not yeah. something that, uh, you know, really just, you know, you got and you just moved on. It was a pretty debilitating sickness. And um, yeah, so it, it ravaged the family. Yeah. And like I said, it's called burning fever. So that's a lot of people were kind of like, I did. Hmm. I did note that. I did note the the, the twist of irony. Uh, yeah. So uh, after Ketchum's death, the house was sold to a former Southerner named Andrew J. Weichel, um, who claimed to be a spiritualist. You know, shouting okay. back to that spiritualism Ooh. movement. You know, he's you know, it's all he's connected. a believer. It's, it's all, all connected. connected. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Michael moved into the house with his wife and his two sons, and once again, tragedy had struck the house when one of his two sons was killed in a hunting accident inside the house. Inside. And I, I don't know why it was called a hunting accident when it happened inside the house, because I read a little bit more into that, and from what, I, from what I understood, he was, like, getting ready to go hunting, and so he was, like, getting his gun ready and kind of, like, blew I, half his face off. I don't... Uh, I was about so, to say, like, what is he fucking hunting inside I, of his house? I, yeah, I just, I'm like, I don't, I was written that way, so I, I wrote it that way, too, but then I'm like, I think I'll, I'll kind of, like, touch on that a little bit. The, the poor boy, um, you know, got real hurt. Oh, I, I thank, you for, thank you for clearing that up, though, because I was yeah. about to say, like, excuse me. <laughs> I wrote it in a little note. I'm like, I know lady's gonna ask. Um... Uh, yeah, so it was it was not great. So this was the second big tragedy that happened in this house. And as we said, Weichel was a spiritualist, um, and he was pretty inconsolable and uh, grieved over the loss of the boy for years. So he reportedly buried the boy's uh, buried the boy's body just a few yards west of the house in a casket built with uh, a glass window, so the oh. child's face could be seen, which oh. sounded not great considering the accident that he was in. Yes, um, um, decom- decomposition d- didn't didn't cross this man's mind I, I mean 
what did cross his mind later on was um, his son again when he, he started telling people that hey I'm, I'm talking with my son he claimed that he regularly conversed with his son actually so maybe even potentially using a talking board who knows Ooh. but uh yeah Michael was just out there telling everyone hey I'm conversing glad I put that window in because I uh, yeah. I could talk with them all right. So uh, I think that was a little bit of the, the thought process with that. It's just not so much the decomposition, but it was a window. He needed a way to talk to him. So it ended up working because he kept that communication line open. All right. Um, <clears throat> so after Weichel himself died, um, it was rumored that his wife did move the boy's casket to a nearby cemetery, but that was not confirmed. So yeah, when like, did she, she tell her husband? <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he was, he was dead at that point, so. Oh, oh, but that's been Okay, I was going to say, like... No, Michael himself died after that. The wife, like, moved out of the house and supposedly took the kid with him, but... But not her husband. But I don't... I She didn't say what they did with the body. You're asking too many questions. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll refrain. I'll refrain. <laughs> you said to the middle. We're not at the middle yet. <laughs> Are we not? I'm sorry. <laughs> um... So supposedly, I mean, this boy's body could still be on the property, which I think is maybe why some people thought the house might be haunted. There's, you know, so much death, so much stuff happening on this property. This is the same house that the hacklers moved into. But the weird thing is, is that, like I said, the hacklers lived in this house for 10 peaceful years before anything happened in the summer of 1940. So it kind of, it begs that question of just like, if it was some sort of a spirit, why, why 10 years later, you know? It could be like an, like a specific anniversary of a death. Um... That and sometimes uh, thing, or uh, I know ghosts can get really upset when interior decorating comes into play. Back to the interior exactly. designer ghost. <laughs> exactly. You start messing with their their stuff, and they're like, "What are you doing? This I liked my house this way," and then they literally zap the. Yeah, know. it could be anything from like a remodel, like they broke a window, they had to change that stuff out, they re-wallpapered because that stuff was starting to peel. It can be anything where it's like they've taken the ghost's like familiarity out of the space. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, all, that's all it takes. Ghosts are pretty fickle. They are. You don't, you you know don't mess with their wallpaper. Look, if they're stuck haunting the same location for eons, I would also be pretty upset if people started messing with my furniture. I'd be like, look, I decorated, like, it's a mess, but it's my mess. Don't start touching my stuff. I can't imagine, yeah, getting used to something, like you said, for that long, and then something comes in and changes it. I mean, I, we are creatures of habit, no doubt. I cannot, ghosts gotta be worse. They have to yeah. be worse. Yeah, because, like, they're, they're stuck with it when the people leave. Exactly. That's what they're thinking about. It's like, you know what? We'll be here after you and the next guy and the next guy. So please leave my curtains on. Yeah. And so they just. So I'm going to set them on fire later. (laughs) Exactly. And that's their way to get new curtains. And boy, did it work. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It sure did. So, yeah, at this point, the hacklers did not have any answers. They were pretty mystified. Um, And kind of a last resort to find the real answers that they were seeking, Hackler contacted the Indiana State Fire Marshal for assistance. Um, Unfortunately, none of the speculations were validated by the official who concluded that the Odon fires uh, were, quote unquote, the most baffling mystery he had ever seen and decided to just close the case with no explanation. So this man seems like he knows what's up. He's like, you know what? (laughs) My job is to fight fires. Can't explain this particular fire. My job is done. Yeah, no, I, I, we're good. I, my job is done. Goodbye. I will see you next time. Peace out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Indiana State Fire Marshal, he's, he's just done. Yeah, you know, I respect it. It's a yeah. power move. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So of course, um, with no answers to these strange happenings, by July, just a month later, the hacklers had decided to make an interesting change. Uh, they just decided to remove all of their belongings from the house, and William, assisted by some neighbors, began disassembling the house board by board. Oh, that they, doesn't sound like a good idea. 
that, but that is what they did. Oh. They took the house apart, board by board, nail by nail, and reconstructed it only about a mile away, closer to the main highway, and by August, they were moved back in. Uh... What? They, they rebuilt the house with the same materials? They literally just took, like, some Legos, just took it apart, and were just like, we're gonna take that house and put it over there! Uh, okay, sure, yeah, like, this house might be haunted, what's the best solution? We're gonna completely deconstruct this house down to the combusting nails that this one guy over there presented. Then we're gonna take those materials closer to the highway and rebuild it. Yep, but you know, the crazy part is, it worked. So they moved what? the house. They what? moved the house only a mile away, and no other fires were ever reported at the Hackler home. And oh my god! <laughs> so they lived happily ever after from there on out. Do you um, think they stood on their porch going, "Look over there, honey. That's the cursed mile. Don't go over there. That one square foot mileage over there. That's haunted. But over here, we're completely safe. We're completely safe. <laughs> I mean, it worked though. So what can you really say about it? If it, it's not stupid, if it works. Oh, like, you know. Uh, I feel like it is stupid, even if it does work. That's oh, the saying, God. lady. It's not stupid if it works. You, can't you know what I with... think? I think they got new nails. I think the, the nail guy, the, the fire, the lightning rod fire nail guy, he was onto something. They they couldn't use the old nails. They replaced them. Problem solved. And that solved it. That's it. That's All the right. end of it. Got a bing, bada bing, bada boom. You're done. All Close right. case. Cool. Thank you. And <laughs> Thank the, yeah, that was it. All right. Well, <laughs> I. I'm bamboozled, so I'm ready. I'm ready for part two. <laughs> I do have before I move on to um, to story number two. I did have like a small little fun tidbit, uh, I Ooh. guess. Uh, just I don't know. Reading about this, I, I read about it. Being a former insurance agent, I just I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. So okay. <laughs> I wanted to include it. Later, um, me. So damage caused by the Hackler fires was uh, covered by Travelers Insurance Company, okay. um, who, like everyone else, was so fascinated by the phenomena that they actually featured the home in the fires in a full page advertisement in the next year in an editor of Collier's Magazine. Um, and so they wrote, it is very unlikely that you will ever be the victim of a mysterious siege of fires like this. But one fire without enough insurance properly written is one fire too many. Oh my so God. the real moral of the story is actually to make sure that your house is covered for mysterious fires. Okay, new <laughs> theory. I have a new theory. It was the insurance agent setting the fires. It's, uh, can you make a mental note of that actually now? <laughs> <laughs> that the Travelers Insurance Company does make an appearance no! later on in our story. Okay, all right. Mentally noted. <laughs> I'm on to you, children of insurance agents, never trusted insurance agents. (laughs) And with that, we are moving on to our second incident, which brings us to the Willie family farm in Macomb, Illinois. And our second incident takes us to uh, about 300 miles northeast and about eight years into the future. So we're in Macomb, Illinois, 1948. Okay. Uh, Is this like just an Illinois, like... Oh, last one was in Indiana. Calm down. Oh, sorry. I, I get confused. <laughs> I get confused between the I states. I, I actually was in, insanely confused too. Um, so th- what's really confusing is there is an Odin, Illinois, and there's an Odon, Indiana. Oh no. So like when I was re- and they misspelled it a lot in the in the things that I was reading. So I like am googling this place, and they're like, this doesn't exist. You're thinking this place, and I'm like, no. Oh. I know this happened in <laughs> Illinois, and they're like, no, this happened in Indiana, and I'm like, oh god. Oh, Illinois, so- Indiana, Idaho. <laughs> Uh, there's too many. America, America, explain. But then the next one is also in Illinois. So we're staying in Illinois. We're, I'm, okay. We're, we're kicking it in Illinois for the next 30 minutes. Okay. We're staying here. We're staying in Illinois. 
We're staying in Illinois. Illinois. Um, the Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> Illinois. Going to the, <laughs> the Willie Farm, named after, you guessed it, the Willie family. So, okay. yeah, the family was composed of Charles Willie himself, his wife, who apparently did not have a name. Fair. I truly could not find a name for his wife. It just, everything it talked to, his wife said this, like, even when it, like, had quotes from her, his, can, Willie's wife, and it's like, okay. Can we call her Wilhelmina? Wilhelmina. William <laughs> yep. and Wilhelmina. Wilhelmina. That's, a, that's beautiful. Uh, so yeah, the family is Charles and his wife, and then his brother-in-law, Arthur McNeil, and McNeil's two children, um, Arthur Jr., who is eight, and Juanette, who recently turned 13. Okay. Uh, our lovely, lovely Juanette. Juanette. Yes. Uh, emotions were running high that summer. You see, Arthur McNeil had recently just gotten divorced from his wife and had no choice but to move in with his brother Charles, and in doing so, forced his two children to accompany him. So, Wanette uh, was really not happy about this. She was truly crushed, um, having to move out all the way from her mom in beautiful Bloomington, Illinois, and go out to this little worn-down rinky-dink farm in the middle of nowhere. Like, literally, who's even heard of Macomb? Sorry, sorry, Macomb. Macomb? But, like... Who? Macomb? Who? Macomb who? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> Exa- yeah, exactly. that's that's Wanette. She's just like, what? You're, you want me to go where? And with who? And so, yeah, she was just, like, really not having it. But they were just like, you gotta go, sweetheart. And so she packed her bags, and they all went to Macomb, Illinois. All right. Um, so because of how upset Wanette was, it was noted that she became a very disturbed adolescent. Oh, that was in quotes. A very disturbed adolescent. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah, but um, she uh, was a okay. woman and she was unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah. So it was it was not good. Um, other than that, though, the Willie family was a total normal, happy family. You know, just with a disturbed thirteen-year-old girl. Fair. So actually, actually, just like any other family, like I, we, we were yeah. all thirteen dis- disturbed-year-old girls at one time. I'm still you know? disturbed. Disturbed-year-old. That's the, the <laughs> thing. <laughs> I can't even. I need. I need to. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not gonna re record that. Fuck that. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I'm moving on. I can't even say it. Um, she was a 13-year-old <laughs> disturbed girl. <laughs> yes. That's the Thank one. you. That's the ticket. That is the ticket. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> gosh damn it. <laughs> okay. So, it is August 17th, 1948, and a brown spot appears on the wallpaper of the Willie family living room. They did, and that, they did say they had a young child. That That's, <laughs> that's very normal. Not that kind of brown spot. <laughs> this this first brown spot, it was actually, it was followed by another, and then another. The spots appeared, they would spread out over several inches as they smoldered, and then, when they became hot enough, the spots would burst into flames. Right. So these spots occurred day after day, leaving the family befuddled. The family called upon several of their neighbors to come help investigate the phenomenon, but they were just as mystified as the family was. They're like, yep, that's a brown spot. That sh- that sure is a smoking brown spot right there. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hope so you have the level up your insurance. <laughs> the, you know, I actually tried to in- investigate what insurance the Willie family had, but they were the only ones I could not find. Maybe they didn't have um, any. That was their first mistake. 
It, well, it said uh, it said that they th- their insurance does pay them eventually for something, but I don't know who they are. Uh, it pays <clears throat> them for rights to use this in their newspaper. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear. So the the fire chief of Macomb, Fred Wilson. There is a Fred. <gasps> There's a Fred. Uh, was it was a Fred. It all was along. a Fred. Little baby Fred Wilson, <laughs> the fire chief of Macomb, was called to investigate as well as. Uh, <laughs> I'm just picturing a baby in a fire helmet now. <laughs> Every time I hear Fred, I think a little baby Fred. <laughs> little baby Fred. He's, he's shown up in his diapers and his fire helmet. He's like, twive. <laughs> he was a very bad fire chief. That's why they, they never found out. Oh. But um, <laughs> he gets there and uh, he had the family strip all the wallpaper from every wall in the house. That so it's kind of like the last family just, you know, making all sorts of changes and uh, just deconstructing the house going, yeah, you know, we don't know what's causing these fires, but just take all this wallpaper down. That'll, that'll solve the problem. Um... All but right. unfortunately, even that did not stop the fires. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, we have at least a dozen reputable witnesses that say they saw brown spots smolder suddenly on the walls and ceilings of the home and then burst into flames, Wilson said. Walter Stonking was one of the spectators who helped Stonking? extinguish the fires. Stonking. Stonking. This is his only appearance, so don't get too attached oh, to Walter. no, I love him. <laughs> He personally saw some of the fires start, and he said, I don't even like to talk about it because I don't expect to be believed, Stonking said to a Chicago Tribune reporter at the scene. Though it doesn't seem possible, I saw the fires, and so did the others. And that's it. That's the last time we heard from Walter. So. You know, I think he, he left to go to New York, and he went to Wall Street, and that's where, <laughs> and that's where, like that's where it all happened. <laughs> he brought the fire to Wall Street. He did, and he looked confidently into the camera with stonks. Stonks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. What did you say? I was so excited for stonking. I just thought it was because the weird accent I was doing. No, I, I love you're just the like, accent just... really added to it, but I was like, stonks. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, that's my joke in my head. <laughs> whoosh. Okay. No, the joke was well. funny, but my joke added to it. <laughs> it was a great partnership of jokes. Oh, man. All right. Well, goodbye, Walter Stonking. We're moving on. Okay. National media swarmed to the scene to witness what people were calling the Macomb poltergeist. In the days that followed, fires also appeared outside of the house on the front porch. Uh, Curtains were ignited in several rooms of the home. An ironing board burst into flames and a cloth that was lying on a bed burned so hot that it turned into ash. Over the course of the next week, over 200 fires would occur in the Willie house, an average of 29 fires a day. Wow, look, they're, they're, they're getting an average. It was 28, that was 29. Like, you know, I, at first the math, it said 20 in the article I read, and I'm like, that math doesn't check out. Was that a five-day week? What are you talking about? And they actually, they specifically said they start on the 7th and they stop on the 14th, and I'm like, no, that's 29 a day. Wow. Round I, it up. I love it. Because it's, it's 28.5. I did the math. They, she did the math, oh, ladies and gentlemen. She did the math. <laughs> she did the math. I'm so proud of you. It's a lot of fires. It's 200 what? fires. That's a, that's a, that's a, Wow. Is there enough That's house for all of this fire? <laughs> I don't know if there's enough Just, house for this. Uh, as we find out, there is not. Oh, okay. Um, so many neighbors decided to stay on the property, crowding into the small house, even sleeping on the floor, in an attempt to help watch over the situation. Pans and buckets were filled with water and placed all over the house, and each time one of these small fires would, broke, would break out around the house, people would quickly douse it with this water that's just laying around. 
Investigations were conducted all around the home to try to pinpoint the cause of the fires. The National Fire Underwriters Laboratory investigated and reported that the wallpaper had been coated with a flower paste, which is normal because for me, flower paste seems very flammable, but it's not. Okay. Um, and no bug repellent uh, was present, which may have contained a flammable compound. So they, they did investigate, but they, they could not find anything. They had no explanation for what they had seen. In addition to the fire chief, in addition, the fire chief and a number of insurance investigators, the Illinois State Deputy Fire Marshal John Brigard was invited to the scene to inspect. He was also confused by the strange events. Nobody has ever heard anything like this, he announced to the press, but what I saw it with my own eyes. Unfortunately, despite all the efforts made by the Wiley family and the community, on Saturday, August 14th, the fire would spread and rage out of control, consuming the entire house before the Macomb Fire Department could even arrive. Wow. So the house burned down pretty quickly. There really wasn't enough house for all these fires. <laughs> there really was not enough house for all these fires. It uh, okay. just went up in flames. Yeah. and I mean, oh, 29 fires a day. That's It's going to add up. Yeah, it's uh, there, like you said, there's just not a way to keep up with that. Even with all the people sitting there, eventually it just gets away from you. And you said this was, was, was this also in June or was this, because um, you said that both of them were in the summer. Uh, yeah, August. August. So, yes, yeah, so the first one was in June. This one's in August. It's a summer poltergeist. It sure is, yeah. Happening only mm. in the summer. Only in the summer. Very interesting. Mm. That hot new summer romance, but emphasis on the hot. <laughs> the hot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so not knowing what else to do, uh, Willie drove posts into the ground and made a shelter for his family with the tarp while McNeil and his children moved into the garage. The very next day, while the Willies were out milking their cows in the barnyard, their barn burst into flames and destroyed the entire building. Oh, are the cows okay? It did not say. Oh. They, I mean, I think the cows were with the Willies in the barnyard, so, like, the cows were fine, I think, probably assuming, because the Willies were fine. I'm, I'm gonna believe that they were. I, I, I'm gonna say, it didn't have a disclaimer saying cows were harmed in the making of this story, so I'm gonna assume that they were. Yeah. It's, you know, by the FDA, you're required to have that. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they have to they have to inform you if you have any medium well stakes by the end of the the story. Exactly. So they didn't list it. So we're just gonna have to assume that they were okay. Okay, <laughs> I will believe. I will believe that the cows were okay. So the cows were great. They were hanging out, but unfortunately, two days later on Tuesday, several more fires broke out on the walls of the milk house, which at the time was being used as a kitchen and a dining room for the family. Wait, what's the difference between a milk house and a barn? I'm not a farmer. Um, oh, sorry, I thought you were. <laughs> I think you have to take the, them from the barn and then bring them into the milk house to milk them. There's like a separate room for that because it's like, I don't want all the other cows to see. Okay, maybe that's a privacy screen. Yeah. Farmers, please tell us, <laughs> tell us what the difference between a milk house and a, and a barn is. I need to know. I just, I'm reporting on what it, I don't know. <laughs> that's fair. We're, we're, not, we're not part of that community. Please, someone who knows, please tell us. Maybe it was where they stored, it was the milk's house. Oh, you know, it checks out. <laughs> you don't sound convinced. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to come up with like a witty retort. But my brain was like milk house. <laughs> she is a milk house. <laughs> yep, there it is. That's, 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 the that's immediately where my brain went to it. I'm like, I don't have a joke for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Don't be sorry. <laughs> oh goodness. So, so it's here. <laughs> on Thursday morning, uh, two more fires 
and a box filled with new paper, uh, fills with <laughs> newspapers was found burning in a chicken house. That same evening, the family's second barn would catch on fire. The blaze burned so hot that the entire building was destroyed in less than a half an hour. Wow. Firefighters who arrived on the scene were unable to even get close to the blazing inferno. It was just so hot that it just sat there in a ball of ash for a while and everyone just watched it burn. At this point, only six small outhouses remained on the farm. So with... Oh, go ahead. I'm thinking, I'm sensing a pattern with what's catching on fire. If it's got the word house in it, it's not safe. So just change the names of these buildings to not houses. This is your shitbox. It's safe. (laughs) (laughs) Outhouses is out. Shitbox is in. Let's go. It's unfortunate that the family has, like, you know, I guess, no, they could all fit. Everyone gets their own shitbox. Also, who has six outhouses? Uh, This family. Fair, okay. I don't know what to tell you. You don't know much about farm life, so. No, I don't. I don't know what the difference between a milk house and a barn is. We don't is. know how big it is. I don't know. How- if you really have to poop and you're on the south side of the barn, you wish there was an outhouse over there, okay? Like, come on, they're for convenience. Okay, I, I guess. I, I, my, my brain is assuming that they're all lined up next to each other, like um, like those like porta potties, like they're all in a row, but I feel, I feel like that's probably not how it was. Well, I mean, even if they were, what if someone else is in one and you really gotta go? You live near, you live in the wilderness. Yeah. Pick a tree. But then the cows Pick see you. That's why they have their own milk house. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes down to privacy. This is a very shy family, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the Willies are very shy. <laughs> they need one for all of them and then plus a guest. <laughs> so you could all be pooping privately okay. at the you know, same time. Fair, fair. That, that, that one was supposed to be for Arthur's wife, but she, uh, she wasn't invited. <laughs> no way. It's too soon. Too soon. No, <laughs> sorry. Wanna, sorry. Sorry. Wanna, sorry really upset. <laughs> sorry, Mr. McNeil. <laughs> Sorry, Winnette. <clears throat> so yeah, at this point, only six outhouses. Uh, so yeah, with no other choice, the family escaped to a nearby vacant house. Regardless, the fires continued. It was at this point that even the United States Air Force got involved in the mystery. They suggested that the fires could be caused by some sort of directed radiation, presumably from the Russians, but could offer no further assistance. So they kind of just came in and they were just like, could be the Russians. Okay, bye. That's, that's all we got. <laughs> you know, it checks out. It checks out. They, were, they were not that helpful, but it sounds like the Air Force. Like, I just love that, that they're just like, you know. You know, but those Russians are up to something. But, but don't quote us on that. <laughs> So yeah, thanks for the help, guys. Yeah, um, thanks, Air Force. <laughs> yeah. Give it a so by, the, <laughs> by the end of the following week, the farm was swarming with spectators, curiosity seekers, official and self-appointed investigators, and reporters. Over a thousand people came to the farm on August 22nd alone. Theorists began posing their own theories and explanations. They ran the gamut from fly spray to radio waves, underground gas pockets, flying saucers, and more. But of course, the authorities had a less fun and more down to earth explanation in mind uh they they suspected arson arson yeah no way i can't believe it (laughs) they realized that they could not solve the riddle as to how the fires could appear before the eyes of reliable witnesses but things were getting pretty out of hand on the wiley farm and the unexplanation needed to be discovered and quickly on August 30th, the mystery was publicly announced as solved. The arsonist, according to officials, was none other than the niece of Charles Willie, Juanette McNeil. Surprise, surprise. It I... was... <laughs> right. I don't... I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't feel right to me. Well, it's, it's uh, those meddling kids again. It's Juanette. It's what yeah, they said. 
those meddling kids are the insurance agent. I look. I'm looking at you, Mr. Insur- <laughs> unknown insurance agent. I'm on to you. It was. Uh, it was claimed that Juanette was starting these fires with kitchen matches when no one was looking. So they completely ignoring the eyewitness reports of fires that sprang out of nowhere, um, including the ones that started on the ceiling, even when Juanette was not even in the room. Despite all of that, this little girl apparently possessed some pretty amazing skills, um, along with a seemingly endless supply of matches. Because there was over 200 fires, so where does this girl get 200 matches from? Like, well, if we think about like the the default, like, is, are we looking at like a regular matchbook, or is this like a proper like pocket of matches? Because like you can get like packs that have like 200 matches in them. Uh, that's true, but I mean, like you, you'd think you'd see this little girl running around with a box of matches if that was the case, don't you think? What, like, what if she was like the pillow pyro, where she had like this like mechanism that she was building, and then she was just leaving the beat? That's, you know, one that was a, uh, a true pioneer of her time setting these fires, apparently. Yeah. Um, With a name like Juanette, how could you not? It's it's true. Uh, her, her confession uh, is kind of... It's up in the air. A lot of people don't really believe that it's a, a true confession. Um, this was... Uh, a confession that came after hours of intense questioning alone mm. with two adult male police officers. Um, and so her confession stated that she was unhappy, didn't like the farm, wanted to see her mother, and most tellingly, she didn't have any pretty clothes. Of course, because, you that's, know, that's why women set fires, because we exactly. don't have enough pretty clothes. The number one cause of arson is... Like you said, the just not not having enough pretty clothes. I wonder when the legislation came in that like an adult, like a parent, had to be in the interrogation room with the child at all times. Because I know that that is a law now, which it can actually throw out confessions that can be considered like false confessions if they don't meet certain requirements. I wonder when that if that law was in place. It doesn't sound like it at the time because uh, they you know, took this confession. They, those girls just pretty much, you know, they're like, all right, we're going to talk to you in the other room, one net. And then they come out, you know, several hours later after, like, I'm sure, like, they're like, yeah, I don't know. After all the questions they ask her, I just, yeah, I don't trust that. So it, it is a, it is a confession, but it's a, um, it's a it's dubious an, one. Yeah. It's, mm. They don't really, they don't do a good job with that. But with that, the mystery was technically solved. Juanette was taken to Chicago for examination at the Illinois Juvenile uh, Hospital, um, but was found to be mentally normal by Dr. Sophie Schroeder, a psychiatrist. Uh, She quoted, she's a nice little kid caught in the middle of a broken home. She was later returned to her grandmother and spent the rest of her teenage years untroubled by mysterious brown spots. So, worked out for Juanette, for the most part. Yeah, Um, I mean, all that proves is that Juanette was not the one that was haunted. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't really know. Uh, the insurance company ended up paying Willie for the damage done to his home and the farm, and the farmhouse was later rebuilt. Uh, Arthur McNeil and his son moved back in with the Willies for a short time before um, eventually moving out of state. Um, so things were seemingly wrapped up. Okay. The yeah. explanation, you know, pleased authorities, but not all the reporters who were present seemed convinced. Uh, fire officials abandoned the case after the confession cleared up the mystery for them, but privately, <laughs> many of those involved continued to question what really occurred on the Willie family farm for years afterward. I'm the just imagining. Fire- <laughs> you said that these fire marshals gave up on the case. They were like, ah, the kids solved the fires. We're not putting these fires out anymore. That's just, that's not fun. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's preposterous. Just ridiculous. Yeah. But that's your own fires. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, even Fire Chief Fred Wilson uh, talked about the case for quite some time uh, and later retired from his position, convinced that something unexplainable had taken place. A lot of people believed uh, the general public was given a solution that could not have been, you know, really the truth at all. Mm. Unsurprisingly, the case is still listed as unexplained today. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, even though there is technically one that was kind of pinned down for this, it's uh, yeah. it's still considered by the public. It's just not the case. It's still an unexplained case. All right. Uh, the jury's out. Jury's out on that one. The jury's out on that one. So I'll let everyone come to their own conclusion. I'm not going to tell you what to believe. Yeah. I believe in fire. <laughs> that's the one thing. <laughs> that's the constant of this story. I know that that was, in fact, a fire. At least 28 of them. At least 28, yeah. Bare minimum. <laughs> oh, man. But that does take us to our third and final case, uh, the Gallo family. Oh, so, What's up with these, like, really spooky last names? You know, I don't know, but it's it works. The Gallo family is pretty fitting. Yeah. So okay. I will say this next case uh, was extremely hard to research because literally any time you include the words Chicago and fire in the same search, oh. it already makes headlines super difficult. Yeah. But, appar- but apparently you add Gallo into that and all you fucking get is Blake Gallo headlines. I don't know who Blake Gallo is. Who I, is I don't know. I don't know. Right but appar- apparently, he has a secret that is doomed to come out. Can you tell me what it is? Are you a fan of Chicago Fire? Because I need to know what Blake Gallo's secret is that is doomed to come out. I don't I'm know. I'm looking up. I'm looking up Blake Gallo. Not spelt the way I thought. <laughs> it's G A L L O. He was a firefighter at Firehouse 51 at Chicago Fire, which is a TV show. Yep. Ah, God damn it! He's got a secret. What's the secret? Uh, spoilers. I'm gonna spoil this right here. Uh, but he has been in an episode called One Crazy Shift, and I feel like this is very pertinent. <laughs> this is the one crazy shift. Uh, he was also in an episode called No Survivors. I don't know if he survived. Oh, well, that maybe that's the secret that no. didn't come out. He didn't survive. Oh, no, he did, because that was season nine, and there's a season ten. There's so many seasons of the show. Okay, so before you spoil any more of Chicago Fire for our viewers, <laughs> okay. let's move on yeah. <laughs> back to the Gallo family. Okay. Is it, have they spelt the same as Blake Gallo? Yes. Um, so, spoiler alert, if you have not figured it out already, we're talking about the Gallo family. With, with <laughs> not the Blake Gallos. Gallo from Chicago Fire. Not Blake Gallo from Chicago Fire. <laughs> okay. Just good to clear uh, that up. No. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah this, this was a doozy to research, like I said, just because of the name. It was yeah, tough. man. Okay. <laughs> so, without further ado, uh, Bob and Karen Gallo bought their lovely house in the hills in 1981 with their two children, an eight-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter, who will also not be named, similar to McNeil's wife. I'm going to call her Wilhelmina. Uh, <laughs> it's also Wilhelmina. It's also Wilhelmina. Uh, <laughs> both of them, the son and the daughter. They're both, they're both Wilhelmina. Yeah, Willie and Wilhelmina. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the trouble started when they were born. No, the, the trouble actually started in March of 1988. So this one's not really in summer, per se. Okay. Um, one day, the family noticed a strange fog hanging in the, or- the air of their home. Oh. It has strange odor to it, kind of like the odor of sulfur. Oh. So the smell was strong enough that the family decided to notify the fire department of a gas leak. When the fire department arrived, they could find no signs of any gas leak and also could not find any clues as to what would be causing this mysterious haze. So they came and said, yeah, I don't know. That's that's weird. Goodbye. It adds up. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once again, you know, that's our job was to inspect. There's no gas leak. Fig- figure it out. Let us know. Yeah, Goodbye. The rest is your problem. Yeah, it's super, super helpful. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that is their job. 
Um, so when the fire department left, uh, like almost immediately, curtains and furniture seemed to just set themselves ablaze, prompting the firefighters to return to the scene pretty quickly to put the fire out. Hmm. And this is when the fire department first noticed that the fires had seemed to be erupting from a, like the small electrical outlets around the home. The, fi- the flames were actually shooting out in little blasts, kind of like rocket jets. Okay. It was noted that the flames had not damaged the walls or the floor of the home, uh, and not even the sockets that they burst from, just the items that they were hitting. Okay. Which, again, is super strange, these localized fires. Yeah. Um, so, random flames continued to pop up over the ensuing weeks around different spots in the home. The family tried to combat this and had the home completely rewired, yet the blazes continued sometimes with objects even catching fire that were nowhere near the outlets. It was at this time that a full investigation ensued, during which the air, the soil, wallpaper, drywall, the carpeting, and even blood samples of the family were analyzed, looking for any clue as to what was going on. We gotta but check to see if te- this kid's got fire in his blood. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no fire. All the tests, they turned up nothing. Uh-huh. Inconclusive. They had no idea. All of, everything, like I said, just... Everything. Wow, okay. The the family's insurance company also suggested that the house be rewired, which they already did, but they did it again, and yet the fires continued to sprout up. I bet that was super expensive. I'm sure it was, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm hoping if the insurance company suggested it, maybe they were the ones paying for it. I, like, they're like a... I doubt it. You know. I feel like they would be the ones to suggest it, and like, don't worry, though, we'll cover the new one. Yeah, that's but, fair. But you gotta pay for it. That's fair. Yeah, it's uh, quite quite uh, unnerving, I'm sure, to have so many people in the home, too, looking at all these things and just having, yeah, we have no idea. Sorry. Yeah. That's that's also terrifying. Like, you know that there's something wrong, but everyone's just like, oh, well, it might just be that your land is stinky. Yeah, just like all these things just shooting out. Yeah, we just, uh, sorry, that's weird. Yeah. We could get better deal with it. And it's yeah. just like, okay, we'll just deal with the fires happening at our house. Like, could you, like, I, how do you go to work and just, like, leave? And, like, well, maybe my house is going to be there when I get home. Maybe oh, it's not. I would be so stressed. Like, going going to work, going, hmm, I wonder if I have a house tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is going on for a while. This is weeks that this is going on. And they're just kind of dealing with this. And no one has answers for this family. So this one, even throughout some of the other ones where it was happening, like, the 200 fires within, like, a week time span. I mean, that's one stressful week. But to have something like this going on where it's continuous and there are so many experts and just no one has any answer and there's nothing like that's this one to me just seems like the scariest i think because it was most recent too yeah uh, yeah even uh, i think things get scarier the more recent they are especially when they're unexplained it's like we can't even like have it said the newspapers just didn't record information correctly it's literally just we don't know yep yep pretty much so these lack of results combined with the continuing fires and the weird mists spurred rumors that the house was under siege by some sort of supernatural force and curious people made a habit of passing by the house to see if anything out of the ordinary was going on so i mean like not only are you super stressed that there's fires just popping up but like you go and like to your front window and there's just people standing outside kind of like looking in going i wonder if a fire's starting in there like that's that's gotta be annoying too like you're not even inviting people and these are just people like walking by i mean Orlando Hills, like that's yeah, it's that's a pretty busy area. Like, there's got to be a lot of people. You don't want <laughs> a lot people, of looky loose. You don't want people to think that your house is like a tourist destination. They're like, wow, I want to go to the firehouse and see if anyone gets killed in the smoke inhalation. It's like, oh, that's my family. That's my house. That's my stuff. Yeah, no, it's a 
yeah. pretty nerve-wracking, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the one that really, like, stuck out to me, like you said, just because it's, it's so recent. Yeah. So, while the investigation continued, a police officer had his own bizarre experience as he interviewed the family's 14-year-old daughter. Allegedly, as the officer was questioning the Gallo girl, a smoke detector went off somewhere upstairs. This provoked a panic response from the girl, who got up and made it as if she was going to run away. So the officer, thinking that a fire had broken out, rushed upstairs to investigate. Uh, what the officer allegedly found was unlike anything he had ever seen before. The girl's room was supposedly pervaded by a thick fog of white mist, which oddly stopped at the doorway. Within the room itself, they reported that the wall socket had been spewing out a blue flame. Alarmed, he grabbed a fire extinguisher to put it out, but oddly, he found it to be empty. Oh. The fire began to spread out of control, engulfing the furniture and the bed, which was completely melted down by the unusually intense heat emanating from the flames. More people came to fight this fire, and luckily the fire was put out before it was able to fan out to the rest of the house. Yet, just like the other fires before it, nowhere outside the immediate room seemed to be touched at all. So just the girl's room was completely engulfed in this weird blue flame, and it stopped right at the door. That's so Nothing weird. even in the hallway. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, that's super strange how, how like, specific the fires are. I'm putting my science hat on briefly, because I remember that there are certain, like, things that you can add to a fire to change the fire's color. And I think blue was copper? Don't quote me on hmm. that. Don't come for me. I'm uh, quoting. No, God. Uh, but I believe, if I remember correctly, if you added like a like a, a copper substance or like a copper, it was like a copper powder, not like direct copper, but I think maybe copper sulfate. It was like some sort of like add-on that you could add to fire, and it would change the color of the flames. I wonder if there was something either in the furniture or like maybe in the wallpaper, maybe the because um, I think they use copper for coloring because it has like a very strong blue color if it's treated correctly. Mm -hmm. Maybe there was, like, copper in the wallpaper or something. So when the fire ignited, it caught something that with that copper component, which made it go blue. Hmm. That's an interesting theory. All right. I'm taking my science hat off. That's, there's, no, there's no need for the science hat here. I, I like the science hat. <laughs> right. We'll bring it back out in a little bit because we're going to discuss some more oh, theories. Oh, okay, okay. I won't put it away. I'll just leave it to the side. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, so after this terrifying ordeal, authorities became suspicious of the daughter, suggesting that perhaps she had intentionally set the fires, uh, as she had been present in the house for every single one of them. Uh, however, no one could figure out how she could have arranged for the flames to shoot out from the wall sockets, and of course, there was still the matter of the strange fog. Uh, they started running out of options, and at one point the house was even unplugged from the power grid for a time. Oh. But even then, the flames continued to shoot out from the wall sockets like blowtorches, ruling out that they could be electrical in nature. That, to me, reading that line was one of the moments when I was like, holy shit, because even if that was the case, how are these things still happening even when the house is completely unplugged from the power grid? Yeah. So all in all, there were 26 separate incidents, 11 of them witnessed by either police or fire investigators. The case had baffled arson investigators Terry Highland and Steve Smith of the Old Steve! Orland Fire. Steve! Steve, there is a Steve. I, I was like, I remember there being a Steve at some point, we but found Fred him. came to mind first. Uh, we found um, him. Our so Terry Highland and Steve Smith of the Orland Fire Protection District, who say that they have ruled out, quote unquote, everything over the last seven and a half months, including arson, pranks, natural gas, methane gas, sewer gas, and faulty electrical system. 
they quoted, I was there one night when a room filled with the white haze. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face, Smith said. There was a strong sulfur smell that made my eyes burn. I took a sample of the vapor in a vacuum canister. We came up with nothing. They just, they couldn't figure it out. Even with all the tests and everything else, just nothing was coming up. That The, the white fog to me is like the most perplexing because even if there was something causing the fires, what the heck is this fog? Yeah. Like, what? I, I don't, and especially because it's contained to one room. Like if it was like just low fog that was rolling through, it would be everywhere. But the fact that it's only like in the specific spot where the sparks are happening... Yeah, and it's pouring out of also the electrical sockets. Like, it's not smoke. It is specifically fog. Like, you would know. Like, so that's just very strange. I feel like it could be smoke, though. Because, like, there is clean smoke. Just because it's not black doesn't mean that there there aren't smoke. And it, those are usually chemical fires. They release, like a, like, a white smoke rather than a black smoke. Well, I mean, maybe that's what it was then. Like you said, copper making the blue flames and some sort of chemical that they just could not test for. Yeah. Because it, maybe it was, like, a natural... Well, chemical or something, or like material that's used in electrical stuff. I don't know. It could be. I mean, oh, because they use copper wires. Wire copper wires yeah. are what wire houses. So if the the surge of the electricity, I'm like I'm trying not really hard not to debug, but this is just a, an idea. But if like there's a, like a really active charge and it's like burning these copper wires in these surges, like I wonder if that's one causing sparks to emit from these these plugs. I mean, but, but the, the concentrated area, that's the, the bam, that, that's the bamboozler. You know, I'm not a scientist, but that sounds pretty legit to me. Uh, I, I buy it. I am a scientist, uh, according to my credit card, but I am <laughs> I, I, not this kind of scientist. It, it does sound plausible, though. I mean, like, with all of these people conducting things and whatnot, you, you gotta think, like, okay, maybe there is a test where they can't test for something like that, because it is something that is used in the material itself, so... Yeah, yeah it's, when you eliminate you don't know. the suspicious stuff, but the like you're not looking for something suspicious you're looking for something that's just over overacting but also i'm not an electrical engineer of that caliber yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know and i want to assume that these guys really did you know they they're they're professionals they're experts they know their field better than anyone so yeah. you want to assume that they ran these tests and they looked for these things and they thought about you know the simplest solution is maybe the most obvious one and, so and what year did you say this one was this was in 1988 1988 okay so it's the 80s so it's not like present day so yeah it could but it's, I, I, I don't know yeah this is the most recent one where you know it just it, it, these guys had some knowledge yeah they, they knew and there were like there were records and I mean of course like these are people who are more skeptical than people in the 40s for sure yeah it's a real head scratcher this one I like it I like it it is it sure mm. is so, just as it's stumping us right now, the strange phenomenon had stumped everyone. The gallows themselves stated that they did not believe that the fires were supernatural in origin, but of course, due to the mysterious circumstances of the blaze, the mist, and lack of evidence of what caused them, no real suspect for potential arson, local rumors continued to swirl about ghosts or demonic possession. In the end, the gallows moved out, and the afflicted house was demolished by none other than the Traveler's Insurance Company. Oh my god. Meaning that we will never know what actually happened. I, so this... I'm immediately sus of the insurance company, especially if they're <laughs> the ones that are in, like, they're encouraging the change of the wires. Oh my goodness, it's, a, it's insurance fraud. <laughs> it's insurance fraud, yeah, by the insurance company themselves. I, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. It, it's... 
it is it is a weird coincidence, like you said, that they took out an ad about this however many years earlier, and then they just happened to be the ones to ensure the Gallo family. What are the odds? What are the odds? Yeah, they, they picked the two families with, like, the, the most sinister names. <laughs> like, come on now. I'm on to you, Travelers Insurance Company, if that is your real name. Right. Yeah, they are, they are a suspicious bunch over there. They sure are. But yeah, like you said, in particular, this Idaho, in Illinois, Hey Macarena area, I got, I'm on to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> oh. This is almost as bad as the Hasbro fucking conspiracy that uh, I'm currently fighting. I'm on to Travelers uh, Insurance and Hasbro, they're in cahoots. <laughs> we're, that's really what we're doing here, is uncovering conspiracy after conspiracy without even knowing it, truly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the name of the game. The name of the game is Spookery, and this is, this is heckin' spooky. <laughs> We're going to find out that Traveler's Insurance Company was actually started by the same people that started Hasbro one day. And we're going to find out that they are the same company. What if we find out that Traveler's Insurance is Hasbro's insurance? Oh my god. I don't like it. (laughs) Turn it off. I don't like it. Oh my gosh. Mm, Conspiracy hat on, BB. We're on to you. (laughs) So... These are my spooky fire stories. Um, I, I hope that you guys can see why I chose to include these three stories particularly together. Like I said, they are all wildly different, um, but they have some eerie similarities. Um, the main thing for me really was that the fires really never seemed to burn anything except for the original items that caught fire. Um, it was so similar to like almost cases of spontaneous human combustion, where the only like the subject is actually the one that's burned and there's usually hardly any damage to the surrounding area. So it was just kind of interesting in that way where I'm like, all right, there's these localized fires like, and there's a bunch of them. It's not just one or two. This was a string of fires. So mm. here we, that's how we came up with our cases for today. I, I love it. I, I, I think I, I mentioned earlier uh, off recording, but this sort of thing reminds me a lot of, uh, I think it's the Hull House fires. I think mm-hmm. it was the Hull House, or is it the Whaley House? But there were um, there were these mysterious, like un, like unsolved fires that happened in the Hull House, and it was it, they were just like these spontaneous little like things that would pop up, but specifically only on the second floor of the house, and oh. they, they they never left any damage. They they never uh, they you know, they were I don't think they were ever properly solved. Um, but yeah, they, they they didn't damage anything. They were only on the second floor, and I'm pretty sure that they're unsolved. So, you know, I, I maybe think, a future episode. Maybe. Uh, I mean, the whole house it's in itself. There's a lot of weird stuff that's going on. That is for a future episode. Um, but yeah, it's like it's kind of it's this fun like the phenomena of these like almost like the the the, the fires themselves are almost like the apparition, and I I'm into it. I dig it. I, I thought these were pretty interesting. No, they are like, but there's also the, the weirdness of the similarities. It's like it's a lot of kids in the house. It's yes, like there's like the essence of broken family is kind of a part of it too. Um, kids of a particular age. Um, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of teen, a lot of teenage girls in both, like you said, in in the house. And the, it's time. I guess not really in the 1988, but like earlier, like you said, when they, a woman shows emotion, oh my gosh, she's deranged. Yeah. She's out of her mind. She's hysterical. Disgruntled. Yeah. And so I think, um, I think that's just interesting that like they were both 
pointed at and blamed to. And even in the later one that, you know, in 1888, the teenage daughter was suspected, even though later on pranks and arson and everything was ruled out They were still just like, mm, you never know. It could be this teenage girl. Yeah. I and also, I wonder if there's something to that teenage girls like fire. Maybe. I also know that there was a method of weatherproofing way back when I, and I think this might've been the 1800s, but I mean, I don't know when they stopped doing it, um, where gasoline was a part of waterproofing. <laughs> yes. Yes. <And> so <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's going to help the fire situation a little bit like there's so many factors and there's so many moving parts that you just can't account for and it's you know we see it a lot with like um like true crime cases where there's like there's so many pieces and like information was ignored because that piece wasn't relevant at the time um you know like where you know it was it's a kidnapping turned murder where when you the kid it's the kidnapping portion you're only thinking about how you would operate as a kidnapping and then information that you really would have needed when it becomes a homicide later on but you weren't you weren't logging for that. You weren't paying attention to those parts. So, yep. Yeah, it's. Oh, it's. Oh, it's. Ooh, it's like I'm, I'm like I've got like a little chill down my spine. I'm like, ooh, which is funny because we're yeah. talking about fire. I, I yeah, and that's why that's why I figured they would do well in the spooky spookery uh, archive is because they really do have a, a spooky aura to them and they could have a lot of different origins. I mean, it could be just a teenage girl playing with fire. It could be something science has yet to explain, or it could be a pyrokinetic poltergeist. It could be. It I, could be an insurance agency. They could be insurance agents. I, that is honestly one of the most plausible. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, but man, oh, Alana, thank you so much. Thank you for your beautiful, fiery addition to the spookery. This was so much fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I am so glad that you enjoyed it. I I definitely was a little worried. I, I This was the quickest I've ever put together or 17 pages of anything. <laughs> I yeah, felt you, like I was like cramming for like a, a like a high school project. I'm oh. like, oh my god, I gotta get this in on time. But I also was having so much fun while doing it. Last night I stayed up so late reading, oh, and I like man. fell asleep on my couch in my office. Oh no! And Corey was like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I just didn't want to like leave. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed researching this, and I, I love spookery, and I am so excited to see what topic I get next and what we get to dive into next. Right. Oh my God. We got to spin your wheel. Oh my gosh. Like, I know. Uh, and I was actually going to ask, are you going to give us a, any hints or teasers uh, of what your, what the fuck case is going to be for next sure, week? Sure. I can give you a spoiler free spoiler for next week's episode. Uh, I will Please. tell you that it is a British case. Oh, okay. But yes. I'll bring my tea. Yeah. It's going to bring a cup of tea, <laughs> darling. Uh, you've got to, I, I, we're stepping away from spiritualism. We're stepping away from, from from the the, the, the hooliganry, um, I will also say that I picked this case purely on the reaction of my family. Uh, okay, I love that. <laughs> I was going through a, a, pretty much like the day that we we spun the wheel. I went down to my family and I was like, okay, I've got a bunch of like these cases that I could choose from, and I would kind of give off a little bit of information and based and I was watching my dad specifically because he's not into the spooky <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was going through, I'm like, oh, I could do this case. And like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you know, and like, oh, I could do this case. It was another like, lukewarm reaction. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I could yeah. do this case. And my dad's eyebrows shot up. And I was like, that's the one. Ooh, that's, that's the, the one. one. <laughs> that's the case I'm doing. So it's a oh, British I case. Uh, I think it's kind of fun. It's it's definitely a bit of a, of a, a skull scratcher. I think it's I think it's going to be just as much fun. I cannot wait to hear it. If it's something that has spooky dad interested, I am interested too. I cannot wait to hear it. Right. It's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I just, yeah, I gotta, I gotta hunker down and do my homework. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Well, did we want to pause here and spin the wheel for me? 
Uh, sure, let us spin your beautiful spooky wheel. Would you like me to spin for you since we've wheeled it in here already? Yeah, let's. since it's here and we're looking at it, like you said, if you just want to give that thing a big old freaking whoosh. A whoosh? We'll see what we get. I'm taking out WTF, right? Uh, yeah, since that's the one that you just got, and then I just got oh, and you, spooky we're taking, fire. And we're taking out uh, fire. Taking out spooky. So we'll take out, oh, they're right next to each other. That's so handy. That is super handy. All right, so you are spinning for everything except spooky fires and what the fuck cases. That's beautiful. Go! Wow, it's really spinning. Oh, gosh, I'm so nervous. Oh, ma'am. What is my topic? Your topic is cults. Oh my gosh. Ma'am, I'm so jealous. I'm so glad that I get to be the first one to do cults. I'm so Let's jealous. Go. Oh my god, that's such a fun one. Oh my god. Okay. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I whatever it is, it's gonna be amazing. And you actually have a full two weeks this time. I know. Oh my god. Now I have time to really, really like wow, hone oh, in on my topic and pick man. what I want. That's so exciting. This'll be so cool. Oh let me just have to take cults <laughs> off of my spin. That's so sad. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do you proud. I promise. I I cannot wait. There's so many good ones. There's so many great cults out there. And by I great, find I mean one you've bad. never heard of. Uh, I that's gonna be hard because I know a lot about cults. I know, but I gotta find some <laughs> crazy one that is like. There's two members of this cult. Uh, I mean, I know quite a few, but I'm gonna keep them in mind. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna send oh. me some teasers and I'll be like I know exactly which cult you're doing I, I, you will I can't give you any teasers because you're just gonna know I will uh. I, you know I will be respectful though I will I promise even if I do know I'm gonna pretend that I don't I'll be like what <laughs> no no that's way. crazy <laughs> and then they did what oh my gosh oh I wouldn't oh man oh, I'm I so wait. jealous that's such a cool one <laughs> You got what the fuck cases, ma'am. You can pick whatever. <laughs> yeah, but cults are fun too. Uh, I have so many that I want to do. Just I know we'll get to all of them eventually. I, it's crazy because you do need time to research and put things together. But it's also just like doing recordings one day a week doesn't feel like enough. No, it I doesn't. wish that we could do this every day. <laughs> right? I wish I had the the wherewithal to be able to give you guys so many cases a week. But also, I need two weeks of research just for one. I case. know it, it is. It is so hard. And it, it's totally worth the time that we put into it, but maybe one day we can ramp up and find a way to deliver content a little bit more yeah. uh, and quicker. Every time we do it, it's going to get easier. It's going to get more. It's going to there's going to be a rhythm to it. Um, and you know, hopefully, we also hear from you guys. You know, uh, we'll plug our, our socials at the end of this. But you know, feel free to send us your own spookery stories. We can absolutely you know maybe we can like do a little collage of like homegrown spooky stories where you guys just tell us what's going on around you. We'll read them and add them to our beautiful online archive. I would love that personally. Yeah. I got Man. so much. There's so much to do. Uh, I know. Shall we Shall we round out this episode then? Would you like to plug anything, ma'am? Uh, I got nothing to plug on this one. I just want to thank everybody so much for listening to my first edition into the archive. I had a blast researching. It was a super fun time, and I just look forward to all the stories we get to tell you in the future. Oh my god. No, you did such an amazing job. I'm like, I'm gushing. I'm loving the fire. I'm so excited for cults. I'm nervous for what the fuck cases. It's gonna be, oh, we've got so much exciting stuff going on. So much. Oh man. Oh man. So yes, you can follow us on Twitter at Spookery Podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram, where we're gonna post relevant pictures of the of the sort um spookery podcast and of course you can send us a gmail at spookerypodcast at gmail.com tell us your stories tell us your folklore tell us uh what we got wrong nicely P please nicely 
Yes, please. We are always, we always want to hear these cases, you know, have so many sources and things like that. And sometimes false things get reported. So if you ever notice there is a mistake, we would like to know. Yes, please tell me how I'm mispronouncing American cities because I don't know how to pronounce them. And I realized that <laughs> editing the last episode that I said I was going to say Chestertown and then I ended up switching to Chesterton in the middle. And I apologize. <laughs> I think I did that with this episode too. It's the Willie Farm. And I said Wiley several times and I feel so bad to the Willies. I, I just, I read it that way in my head you know, and I couldn't stop. Yes, uh, but you know what? It's, you're perfect, you're beautiful. I, I love you. Uh, keep, keep being your beautiful self. <laughs> keep willying out. Keep willying, <laughs> keep wilying. Uh, yeah, all, all that good, all that good stuff. All right. And thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for making it this far. If you're still listening, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, go do something else. Go uh, do something else. No. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Want to round us out, Alana? Yeah, have a good one, everybody. Have a great night. Goodbye. Stay spooky. Bye-bye. I've got to remember to mute your tracks, because wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did it the last time, and I did it this time. That's so funny.